You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? That 20 seconds felt short. Felt pretty long to me, but just, hey. Just like this film felt short to me. Weirdly. Oh, you're wrapping it up there all together. Before the after the show discussion was this movie, really. Halloween. And you watching some guys talk about this movie. True. I'll recommend these people to you. They're a YouTube channel. They're called Red Letter Media. They do a show called Half in the Bag where they review a movie. And it's very sporadic. It's not a weekly thing. Just whenever a movie comes out that they like. Jay and Mike review the movies and they're very funny. They're very funny, I will say. Yes, unlike us. I don't agree with them always. <laughs> no, yeah. I don't always agree with them. No. Sometimes I feel like they go for a comedy look at a movie, if you know what I mean. Or the snobby look, because they're both kind of, you they know, kind of film, are film snobs. snobs. I mean, they like crappy movies, but they also overthink it like this one. Yeah. So we'll get to that. But I recommend them, though. Red Letter Media on YouTube. It's Saturday, October the 23rd. This is After the Show. We're a movie review podcast. This is episode 707. The movie we're looking at this week in our Halloween segment, is it a segment? Run up to Halloween, let's (laughs) say, is Halloween Kills. It's a 2021 movie. You can stream it right now on Peacock, and it's rated R. And our friends at Peacock slash Universal let us watch a copy. So Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of Halloween Kills. If you live in this universe, I don't know the name of our universe, but if you live in this galaxy, which is the Milky Way galaxy, you already know about the Halloween movie franchise. There's Laurie, and there's Michael, and he's a murderous shape, and it's 40 years later, and he's still a murderous shape, and she's still Laurie, and he's still Michael. All right. (laughs) I mean, it's not really deep or anything. Yours works well, but here's the official one. The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode continues in the next thrilling chapter of the Halloween series. Thrilling? I caught thrilling. I don't know if it's thrilling. It's thrilling. I'll be honest. So let's go back to 2018, when we reviewed, if you go back and listen to the podcast, Halloween, which is the, what is it? Remake? Reboot? I don't know. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. It's the sequel to Halloween, the original. And forget all the others happened because that's what they did. And this one now is basically Halloween 3, I would say, in this series. Nah, there's only one Halloween 3. (laughs) (laughs) Season of the Witch. Which, controversially, I kind of like. So when we went back to 2018, we both really liked Halloween. I went and listened to see what we thought. We both liked it. Wow, you're in it to win it. We, um, this is our uh, synopsis of what we liked. We liked that it was, just felt like Halloween again. Because they used the music, did the kills, had Michael come back. And there wasn't much we didn't like. There was some stupid humor in it that we didn't like. Yeah. So this one, it continues exactly where that one left off. The same night. Yeah, I was impressed with that. I like that. And it has a really cool opening sequence, which I loved, actually. Because they go back to 1978. And they do it. The director, David Gordon Green, gets to do... Like, make it look like the John Carpenter movie, this section of the movie. And they also even, you know, they do some little surprises in there. They fill in a little bit of what happened 
there on that night after the house mm-hmm. part. I think what it feels like they're trying to do, spoiler, is that Lori has been very egotistical over the last 40 years, thinking it's all about her, that somehow he was supposed to murder her, but then she stopped it. And so it's kind of like the movie, what's it called? Where death was supposed to kill those teenagers and then... Final destination. Final destination, right? So she's had this complex that because she survived and there's some familial ties that I can't remember if that's correct or not from all the other movies. But she's always thought he's just coming for her. Well, then the cop and going back in time, we're trying to redirect that, that he's just bad. He's just evil incarnate. And that even the cop guy is acknowledging like he wasn't coming for you. Someone just sort of put him near you and there you are and he'll kill anybody anytime. So I think that's what we're trying to reverse the whole Lori part. We're definitely trying to reverse that because she was injured in the last movie. So she's in a hospital in this movie and she's under the impression he's coming for her. He'll be here soon. Everybody better be ready. But I'm the center of attention. Michael only wants me. (laughs) In this movie, what he's actually coming for is the house that he lived in. He's coming to be in that house again. Well, for five minutes. Yeah, but I mean, that's his, <laughs> they figure out, oh, he's going home. He's made a... He's got a pattern. He goes a murder out, route. he murders a bunch of people, and then he goes back to the house. Yeah. And then he goes out, and he murders a bunch of people, and then he comes back And to unfortunately, the everybody along the way dies. Yeah. This movie, if I have a, like, an issue with this story and movie, it's really flimsy anyway, like it's just a killer going around, and the fun of the movie is seeing what he does, right? How he kills people, whatever. It's old slasher movie. Yeah, I don't know if it's fun, but I get what you're saying. But I mean, that's what you, you tune in for. You're, yeah. You're waiting for the kills and you're like, wow, that's inventive. Because if you haven't seen Michael or any Michael movies, Michael Myers or The Shape, as he is called in the credits, he doesn't just murder people horribly, like a knife through the eyeball or as we see in this one, through the armpit and then fingers in the eyeballs and stuff like that. He then takes the people like a serial killer and does something with their body. Like he laid a couple on the merry-go-round together. He put little pumpkins on their heads. He laid the couple in the house where he used to live together. You know, like a picture that they've got framed on the wall. He set them up to look like that. In the original, he did weird things where he had like one girl on the bed with her arms out. And one guy was hanging from the ceiling. And one guy was shoved up in the closet. So Michael has this sort of like, I don't know how he finds the time. <laughs> He's artistic, basically. If you think about it, (laughs) he murders somebody, right? And if we're talking about following this night along, it has to take a while to pick up a body and shove them in a closet, right? Or shape them on the bed with their arms flayed out with a candle in her eyeball or whatever it was. I mean, it's an interesting concept. But yeah, you kind of want to see like, oh, what's the weird thing he's going to do to this one? Does he go down to Hobby Lobby for the Halloween decorations? I mean, he's got to get it somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So the fun of it for me is like seeing Mike do this. He's like the Terminator. He just keeps coming. Mm -hmm. And you, if you get in his way, you're dead, right? That's the fun part. It was the fun part of the movie before this where you were like, oh God, he's in the Halloween area. I think I don't think of it as fun. So that's an interesting characterization. Yeah. Let's not say fun. Well, I mean, if it's fun for you, that's fine. I just, I think of it as like. The interest. I want to see what he does. I want him out of his cage and I want him doing his thing. Oh, I see. Okay. I want to know what he is. And that seems to be elusive to everyone. Yeah. And this movie doesn't go to any lengths to do anything with this story, really, does it? It just goes, here he is again. 
here's some deaths, <laughs> the end. Like, that's really what it does. It doesn't go to any lengths to be different. The guys on Half in the Bag were just showing clips from the old movies, the ones that don't count. And there is a movie, number four, where they get an angry mob together to go and kill him. Mm. So that might have been plucked from that movie just as an idea. but And this movie does center around this angry mob. I felt the angry mob thing was like Frankenstein in the castle or Frankenstein yeah, in the like thing that. That, or the windmill. Run the, the monster out of town. Thing. Yes, you got your pitchforks and your... Because the pitchfork is actually in this movie and torches, which I don't... Well, torches as in flashlight but that's how it felt to me like we went from zero to a hundred from not having a mob to having a mob almost instantly yeah and one thing i liked in this movie was people die very unexpectedly and very quickly like there's a lot of like oh i was getting to like that person yes. now they're gone yeah but it's the same with the original those girls you know the teenage girls you get to know them like the whole first part of the movie you're you know, they're teenage girls and they're talking about getting in trouble and the girl, you meet the the sheriff who's her dad and the whole movie, they're not just throwaway people. Right. So this was like the beginning of the whole teenage murder horror genre, right? So you got to know them and then when they do get killed, you're like, oh, no. Yeah. And they did that again where I was convinced. That they weren't going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I admire that little moxie they had. Yeah, but then it's effective at the beginning there. They, you're like, oh, I doubt these people are going to get killed. We've been introduced to them too much. They'll probably be in this for a while. And then they kill some people. Spoiler. And then they <laughs> move to um, the next set. You know, four, here's another four people you've got to know. And I'm like, okay, so they're going to do it again, right? This All these four Absolutely. people die. So they kind of turn it on its head a little bit and leave them alone for a bit. But then, And then I'm immune to that. Like I'm like, oh, well, you can't do that again anyway. So from that point on, I was like, whenever we're introduced to somebody like this gay couple who live in the house, I'm like, well, they're just dead, right? Those two are dead. And then the suspense goes out of it. Yes, true. Like it just gets sucked out of it. You're like, uh, well, he's coming in this house. There's two people in it. What's he going to do? You're not going to have tea with them. He's going to kill them both. So, But then they should have switched it up. And, and let him it. have so tea that with was, them. not it? Yeah. So suspense kind of goes out the window I feel like Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie is under her character is underutilized, but it's quite clear that it's a like you said it's an Empire Strikes Back yep. to a Return of the Jedi is coming up later. Correct, and you can feel all that. You're like, hmm, okay, she's we're just figuring staging. out what to really do to end to end him, and yeah. we're gonna get that. What do they say in this movie? It ends tonight. Well, it actually doesn't end tonight. <laughs> <Didn't> end. <laughs> <laughs> That is not correct, yeah, everybody. There's a lot of ends tonight. And then he was like, well... Oh, yeah, that was their chanting. Yeah, Evil was, dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Which is the part where I felt like it was a political thing. You did too. Like It felt a little preachy. Yeah, it felt like ripped from the headlines, getting a mob together Something. kind of thing. Yeah, dangerous and I, don't, can I can't describe... I don't know exactly why it feels that way, but it really did. Yeah, it did. And this movie, is it woke... Should we say? I don't know. I don't feel like it. I think it's kind of middle of the road. Yeah. It's if not anyone doing, doesn't know what that is, just look it up. It's not overtly doing anything like that, is it really? No. It doesn't feel like it. No, I didn't think so either. Apart from when I said to you, they just killed two minority people and now they've just killed two gay people. True. But which seemed like, why? Is this equal opportunity yeah, is it being murdered by Michael Myers? I don't know. Michael's like, I've got to fulfill my quota here. Where are they? Okay, there they are. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. It seemed forced, possibly, right? 
I didn't really think about it till you said it, so it didn't seem forced to me. Right. You you noticed it, and I did not really. And then I was like, "Uh, true, true, true." I think the production of the whole thing is cool. I said to you, like in the middle of the movie, there's a lot of people in this movie. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a lot of people. I mean, a lot of them are extras. Don't get me wrong. There's only a f- few members of the main cast, but there's scenes where there's mobs of people, like a lot. The hospital's full of people. There's also like a a thing about like the bullying of a gang, like. When a mob gets together, how it can get out of control and bully. Because they, you know, gang up on this guy in the top of the hospital. So there is some, what? What would you well, call that Well, the thing is, and I think that's where she's going to go with this, where Laurie is figuring out, and she says it, she actually says the line, like, he feeds off of our fear and our anger, and it just makes him stronger. So we, don't still, we still don't know what he is. We have no idea. She's come to that conclusion, and then at the end, we show her, we're zooming in on her face, where she kind of gets what's happened, something horrible, and I feel like that is her figuring out, okay, now I have, like, I can't be angry and afraid, because in the other one, she had spent her entire life training and being angry and bitter and, like, reclusive and getting all the weapons in the trap of her house. Like, her whole life has been preparing for Mike to come back for her to kill him, right? Mike. <laughs> Mike, because <laughs> she's afraid of him. Well, I'm familiar with Mike now. Um, but now I think she's the whole thing is going to flip around where she's like, okay, so now I have to not be afraid. I just have to like let it go and not accept him or anything like that because we saw what happened to the lady who was trying to figure him out and trying to like figure out, not sympathize with him, but try to understand where he's, why this is happening, right? So she's on that end of the camp where everybody else wanted to just bash his head in. Right. They all bit the dust. So being on his side doesn't work. Wanting to bash his brains in with an angry mob doesn't work. Being afraid doesn't work. Being angry doesn't work. So I think her next incarnation of this story will be her just basically opening the doors (laughs) and being like, so I'm, I'm absolutely not afraid of you anymore. And to convince everyone else, either make a joke out of him, right? Do some sort of like, it's modern, right? So we want to do, it's 2018. I mean, that's not now, but do something where everyone makes a joke out of him. It's a mask. It's funny. Nobody's afraid of him anymore. Right. You know, because we've portrayed this town as being sort of like, even though they didn't do it very well, but we're supposed to get the idea that it's been a haunting thing for them this whole time. So in the next, to, to defeat him, everyone just needs to be like, if you do see him walking down the road, you just think he's some joker in a costume now. Like, oh my God, another Michael Myers, like, what a loser, right? Everyone has to think that. Yeah. So I feel like that's where we're going. That's a prediction. I have no idea. But that's how it felt like it was going to. I go. feel that she's going to sit down, have a cup of tea with him. <laughs> it's all going to be great. He'll take his mask off and he'll say. I never really wanted to do any of this. Well, we did see his mask off, kind of. Yeah, kind He's of. Just an aging young aging man, middle-aged man, with very well manicured hair. Yeah, where did he find <laughs> the time to do all that? He's a very talented guy. He's got a well um trimmed beard, you could tell. I mean, it kind of ghosted him a little bit, you know, and put him in the dark and everything, but you could still tell that his head it's like someone's been cutting his hair for I actually him. don't understand why they took his mask off but then failed to show us him. Well, it's that thing where they think it's more interesting to, first of all, not tell you what he is, right? We don't want to tell the secret because that's not interesting anymore. And then also not fully seeing him for whatever reason seems interesting to some people. And I don't subscribe to that, but 
to me, you know what it felt like? I just, for every shot that you saw with him, that the mask that was kind of obscured every single time, I was like, God, this is frustrating and irritating. <laughs> I just want to see him. Just show him once. Like, do, you know, when Darth Vader's helmet comes off, just do that once, like, so we can at least see. Oh, I see where you just, yeah, right. I this all ties back to Star Wars every gotcha. time. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, everything does, though. Does <laughs> I got it. And then major spoilers here. We'll talk about the end sequence. Mm -hmm. So the angry mob actually corner him and beat the shit out of him, you know, really badly. Shoot him, punch Stab him. Stab him multiple times. Smash him. The bat. Yeah. And then what? Uh, he just jumps back up. And then he takes them all on like the bride. Yeah, kills from Kill Bill. <laughs> kills all the mob. Yeah. Like all of them. And I said that at the beginning to you, this mob's not going to go up against nah. him. They're all going to die. And that's what happened. And then what? How does it tie into like the next ver next film? Well, he's still alive. He's still alive. And Jamie Lee Curtis is still alive. And that's about it. And the cop guy, Hawkins, yeah. who, you know, was pretty much nothing originally. But now we've, again, we're using him as the tool, the tool to say, it's not about you, Lori. It's about all of us. Yeah. Like you get in his path or you're where he wants to be or where he's passing through and you're dead. You're not special. I'm not special. He's just evil walking around. So I think that's all he was for. Plus, I like Will Patton. So that's and let's not forget there was a major death at the end, which. Yeah. But I think, again, she's going to have to overcome that and not be angry and not be afraid yeah. anymore, which is going to be the big deal. That'll be it? the difficult part because yeah. she doesn't know yet. I think she knows. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I think that was the force, wasn't it, telling her? Yeah. <laughs> the Halloween horror. <laughs> yes, I like it. Yeah. Somebody's been watching Star Wars, haven't they, who made this no film? kidding. Yeah. I mean, we're combined, we're crossing the streams here because we have Star Trek, because it's Shatner's face. It always has oh, been yeah, that's a true. mask of Will Shatner. And now you're saying it's all about the uh, Star Wars. So it's interesting. Yeah. So let's move on to the cast here. Jamie Lee Curtis returns as Laurie Strode. Like I say, underutilized, I think, but obviously for a reason, because they're building it. She'll be in the next one a lot, right? Mm -hmm. She's going to be the focus of the next one. We'll see. Judy Greer plays Karen. What do you think of Judy? I mean, she was good in the She's last a, one. I always liked Judy Greer. I mean, she did a good job. I completely buy her character. She's been raised by Jamie Lee Curtis who is terrified and angry and afraid and has been training her to be afraid her whole life. But she's come out the other side being like, I just want to understand this person. Like she still sees him as a person, right? Like there's something has gone wrong. The mob isn't fixing it. The anger isn't fixing it. So she's, tr she's come out the other way. She's not influenced by her mother. Whereas the granddaughter, I'm sure we're getting to her. And I was convinced of that. I'm like, I get it. She does a good job of being kind of the anchor of reasonableness in a movie that's mostly schlocky. Right. Will Patton plays Officer Hawkins. You might have thought he was dead if you watched the last movie. <laughs> I think he was supposed to be. <laughs> but, they were like, uh, is he dead or not? Mm, okay, let's bring him back. Yeah, how do we convince everybody that it's not about Laurie? I mean, to be fair, he's mostly dead the entire movie. He's mostly dead. Yeah. He's not totally dead. He's only mostly <laughs> dead. Does anyone know where that's from? Mostly yes, dead? Where they do. What is it? Star Wars. No. He's only she, yeah, he's only mostly dead. Is it Scrooged? No. I don't know. Oh, uh, yes, I do know. Wizard of Oz. No. No? <laughs> You're so excited. Princess Bride. Oh, okay. When they take him to the a couple who live in the tree, Billy 
Crystal says, eh, he's only mostly dead. <laughs> and then he, In a Transylvanian accent. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should watch it again. Uh, yeah, Will Patton's in it, but I mean... He's I mean, most... he's just, he is Will Patton, and I, like, I him. like him, so I'm cool with that. Anthony Michael Hall is the new addition here, plays Tommy Doyle. What did you think of Anthony? Uh, he was fine. He did a good job of being the angry... Kind of a thuggish angry. Mm. Like like he'll do anything to yeah. avenge this. Well, his weapon of choice is a baseball bat, let's say. Correct. He got it from the bar guy, but Guess yeah. what? Wrong choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't wield a weapon. You see, this is yeah. what we have to learn. Don't take a weapon to this fight. Right. Because you're going to lose. Don't take fight. Don't take a weapon or anger also, or any of that shit. I've got a tip for firemen of this place. If there's a fire in this town, just don't put it out. No, no. <laughs> take and 12 or 15 of you is not enough. It's sad. No. It's a sad scene because Michael doesn't care what you are. No. He's going to cut you down. And And if you uh, remember, the last movie ended with Michael being trapped in a house fire. Yeah. Yeah, well, that didn't last long. Don't go put out a fire at Laurie's house. I mean, it's not (laughs) clever how they got him out of the fire. It's just obvious, but I kind of like that scene. Also, even if the whole house burned down around him, I would not think it matters. Yeah, I think he would have been fine. Yeah. So who else we got? We got Nick Castle. Oh, these are the people who play The Shape. Nick Castle, the original guy. Aaron Armstrong and James Jude Courtney. So they got three people because, what, there's two eras of Michael here? I don't understand why they need three for two eras. Maybe just for different stunts, right? Mm-hmm. And this is directed by David Gordon Green. He's the director of the last Halloween movie. Our brand is Crisis, if you remember that one. Yeah, I liked and that one, actually. Pineapple Express with Seth Rogen. Remember I've not that seen that one. It's a bizarre, like, stoner comedy. Mm-hmm. I know what it is. I've just never so seen it. So this guy has a varied, you know, varied types of movies. What do you think of this direction on this one? Um, I feel like it it felt right. Now, I'm not saying it's interesting or clever or anything, but it felt right for what we're doing. The cutting back and forth in time is good. I mean, that sounds editing, but also getting people to be as if they're taking it serious. Right? It's not like people know they're being caricatures of horror trope characters, right? They are Anthony Michael Hall's like actually pissed off. He's the kid. What did we explain that? In the original movie, Tommy we is did one not. of the kids that Jamie Lee Curtis is babysitting. She sticks him in the closet to protect them. She ends up saving their lives. He's that kid. So I think that's cool. I also like that. mentioned that there's a bunch of others, people from other movies. Right, but I'm saying he specifically was a right. character in the movie. Now the girl wasn't but the girl from across the street is also in this but they don't play it like it is a little over the top but i'm still convinced that whoever was talking them into doing this part and doing each scene they did a good job of saying like you know you just got to go all in like we are not we're not grinning out the side of our mouths and winking at each other like oh this is i don't want that to come across i want this to be like you people the characters in this movie are seriously into this right and i felt like that was that's a good director to me so imdb reviews why do we do these we don't you do and because you love to read one star reviews for some reason i think to feel superior all right this first guy on imdb says the entire town has every weapon possible (laughs) but you guessed it he's shot stabbed and beat by the entire town mob 
but manages to kill them all. The writers, movie executives, don't deserve to ever work again. Okay, this person doesn't know the story. No. This guy says, second guy, this movie is so bad, Michael Myers used to be scary and menacing, but they've turned him into a joke. Jamie Lee Curtis is now the scary one who acts like a psychopath who needs to be institutionalized. Watching this movie is cringy and embarrassing because the whole Halloween essence of the original is long gone. I would like my money back. <laughs> he just don't want, he don't want his time back, this guy. So he's okay, fine. that's fair, that's fair. Fine. And finally, this is the worst Halloween ever. The acting is terrible. Mediocre. This is by far the most ridiculous Halloween. Can't believe Jamie Lee Curtis went in for this one. Waste of a cast. Cheesy and mediocre and very disappointing. Cheesy and mediocre, yes. <laughs> I can't disagree with that. One thing I would say is it feels like the middle of a trilogy. Feels like that middle movie. I disagree. I was not till the end was I getting the vibe like, oh, I see. So we have to do the, like I was mentioning, the different approach. And that's going to require a whole other movie. All right. So we're going to give, well, there are no extras. You can stream this now on Peacock. I think it's in theaters, but who knows? But stream it on Peacock. There you go. Extras, none. So score, I'm going to give this hmm, a 5.5 out of 10. Oh. I, I did like the 2018 one a little bit better. I'm going to give it like a 4.7 because right. it's just I thought you'd fine. be higher than that because you I, have a... Here's the explanation. Hmm. I really enjoy it. It's just that because it doesn't move anything forward except what I feel like are, oh my God, how can we make this cool? How can we keep the mystique of Michael alive, which I don't appreciate that aspect of it. How do we keep it still a secret of what he is? All that shit. I'm not into any of that. I feel like that's lazy. So that knocks the score way down. But as far as experience, I like it. It's not up to middle to me because by the end of it, I'm like, nothing has been gained here. Nothing. From the story. I'm not more or less interested in the Michael Myers story. I mean, I don't know if I should be because why am I taking it so seriously? But that's why I'm giving a little less than average. All right. So thank you to Peacock and Universal for letting us watch it. Next week, we're going to watch, keeping in the horror theme, the winner of the Cannes Film Festival this year, Tatane. It's a movie with subtitles, so you're going to have to do some reading, said Doc. Excellent. I like movies with subtitles. Um, and you'll also be pleased to know that this is from the lady director who directed the movie Raw. Okay. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah, good movie. So, movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of horror and Halloween. I'm going to give you the original Evil Dead and The Witch from A24. Mmm, The Witch. Yeah, they're my horror Halloween. And mine are not to do with uh, Halloween at all, now that I'm looking at them. I'm just going back to the 80s and picking from the list of all the movies I've ever seen and kept track of. And two of them from 82-83 are Class Reunion and Gandhi. <laughs> like, completely unrelated. I've seen Gandhi, I just don't remember it very well. Pretty epic. Yeah. It's not a Halloween movie. I can't remember what <laughs> happened, though. Really. Well... Spoiler. Uh, yeah, spoiler. <laughs> well, I kind of know that part. Right. <laughs> Don't know much else. All right, so A Scully stuff. I've been playing with my nephew, Until Dawn. Do you remember this game from 2016? I do. Well, I thought, it's almost Halloween. Let's play a horror game. And it's a game from 2016. Sid Talk watched me play the entire thing. Correct, like a movie. 
Yeah, it's cool actually because I'm not playing it at all. My nephew's playing it and I'm watching it and he's going different routes to what I did. And there are scenes that I've never seen before. Oh, cool. You know, like I'm like, wow, I've not even seen this entire sequence because I killed this guy way before. Like he seems to keep them alive more than I do. Yeah, I remember by the end of one of your runs, everyone was dead. Well, I only had one run, remember. And well, everybody you, I thought you was started dead. again or did it again or no, something. No, just the one run. And uh, I even loaded up the save. The only person alive was um, Hayden Pantiera, whatever she's called. The right. F- she was the only one I kept alive. She's the main person. <laughs> well. Everybody else was dead. So it's it's like a horror movie. Teens go to a cabin. There's been a murder. And then something is happening. But it's set up like a horror movie. And it's the reason we're playing it is on the PS5, it's been remastered. They made it look nicer. If you remember, Sid Talk, when we played it on the PS4, it had real bad technical issues. It was like stuttery and weird. I kind of remember that. Yeah, and now it's not. So I'd recommend playing it. It's uh, actually free on um, PS Plus. So you can just pick it up and play it. Uh, also, Fortnite, which I play every day pretty much. Pretty is much. It's because it's Halloween. It's Fortnite Mares which they do every year. So all the universal monsters are in there now, the mummy, Dracula, etc. And there is a Halloween horde mode where you go in, four of you, and there are spooks and ghouls that you have to ward off with like funny weapons. Like you have a rocket launcher that fires a pumpkin. You know, everything's like Halloween themed. It's kind of cute. Got it. So Fortnite Nightmares, you can do that too. That's pretty much it for games. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Well, tonight we're going to have some spaghetti with some kind of squash. Kind stuff. of squash or actual well, it's squash. actual squash. Right. <laughs> Sage and onion flavor and then some mushrooms. Right. With the spaghetti noodles. That's it. Because <laughs> right. I bought the ingredients and then I haven't cooked them. So I need to cook them today. Because tomorrow begins my work week and then I won't have a chance for four days and then, you know. That's mushrooms. fine. Mushrooms aren't great when you leave them sit. So that's what we're having. It's going to be a cobbled together. I like it. Well, we'll see about that. That's a prejudgment, but okay. So what's your advice? My advice is a combination of things this time. So. Combo meal. Combination of things. Random things. Number one, pause yourself, your body, your movement before you rush into an elevator or out of an elevator. I find it almost indescribably rude when I'm in the elevator, the door opens, and someone just bellies themselves up in there. I fucking hate that. I mean, I hate that anyway. (laughs) I hate it when someone's waiting on the bus and they try to shove everybody out of the way, like elbowing people. I hate it at a store when people are trying to belly up in front of the line. I just hate that shit. So when someone does that, and then they, they stop real quick right in the middle of the door when you're actually standing there like, I'm leaving the elevator and now you're in my fucking way you bullish creep or creepess whatever you are so don't do that like pause yourself the door opens you give it a look a couple of seconds it's really not that big a deal if someone's coming out you step aside you be a decent fucking human being it's really easy number two when you're in the elevator and the door's open don't just rush out because there might be a person who might be trying to be considerate, standing near the door, waiting for the elevator, and you're just like, oh, oh, sorry. Like, they're in your way. Right. It's rude. All that's rude. So just pause yourself before you get on or off the elevator. Check just yourself before yourself. you wreck yourself. Correct. 
Then there's the thing about putting your cart at the grocery store, either in the corral, which they call them the little cart corrals, or in a place where there are lots of carts, like even if it's 10 feet away from your car or 20 feet, you brought the cart out. It is a reasonable expectation that you don't just roll it into the middle of the parking lot or leave it in your parking spot. Like a lot of people seem to pull it up to the front of their vehicle, right? Then when they back out, it kind of rolls and it's in the parking spot. Right. Now, first of all, I don't understand why you're so freaking lazy that you can't take an extra one and a half minutes or less to roll the cart to a place where it's reasonable and safe for the employees and other customers to use it or to get it. So just do that. It's really not hard. You can also push it back in the store. I go to a Mennonite store where they don't have a cart corral or anything. Their driveway is gravel. So if I go down the big cement porch and then take my stuff out, then I just go back into the store and put the cart back where I found it. It's it's not like you're a saint or anything. This is not advice. This is more like complaints about life. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Number three. (laughs) Number three is a big one for me. I am not a hugger, right? I don't, I'm not into hugs. I'm not opposed to them, but I don't understand. And people will, in the battle of the hugging, either when you're introducing, you know, you're coming together or you're leaving each other, there's this weird battle. And so everyone knows that you don't like hugs. There's this sort of like understanding that, oh, (laughs) everybody likes hugs. Come here, let me hug you goodbye. And they like, They bully themselves into hugging you, which people will not see it that way, right? The hugger's like, no, hugging is great. Everybody loves it. I need a hug. So you need a hug. I need to touch you. I need to squeeze you. As you can see from the tone of my voice, that doesn't, I don't get it. It doesn't do that for me. It never has. My whole life, I'm not a hugger. Now, there are exceptions to everything, right? So my advice or my comment is when you're at that, If everyone's aware that you're not a hugger, you can give and take a little bit. The people who are huggers need to respect that. Take turns. Step aside. Find another way. High five. I have a cousin who um, shoulder bumped me one time. She's like, I know you're not into hugs, so let's just let's just do that. And I was like, cool, cool. Right. She's respecting it. Then on another time, I'll I put my arms out and I'm like, this time I will hug you. And she was all excited. Right. So you find a balance. Don't assume I don't assume when I meet people or people who I love already that they're going to stop wanting to be hugged. That's rude. Like, I don't want you to stop wanting to come up and give me a hug or my mother because that's rude. So I don't expect that from anyone else to just say to me, oh, just get over it and let us (laughs) hug you. It's just gross, right? It's like, I don't know. I just find it impossible. very imposing. So in the battle of the hugging or not hugging, find a way. If you're a hugger and you know someone who isn't, I'm telling you for them, I'm speaking for that person or those people, when they say they don't want hugs. They don't want it. Right. It could be for a very deep and dark reason. And you are too shallow and quick to decide for them that they should just get a hug. Well, maybe they have a reason that's very difficult for them to confront that they don't want people just randomly touching them. That's not me. That's not my thing. I just find it completely uninteresting and it doesn't do anything for me. So that's my point of view. It's nothing deep and emotional, really. But there are people who, for whom it will be. 
And then the uh, non-huggers, there might be a person in your life who needing hugs is because of something very important and deep to them. And just having that touch for like a split second from you is valuable, important. And you can accommodate that. Like you understanding, not just deciding that because it's on fucking movies and Hallmark commercials and shit that everybody loves it. That isn't true. That just sells stuff, right? True. <sighs> that is all. Are you out of breath from that? <laughs> well, that's a lot. I just told you some great life advice. It's not really advice. Though, it is. It does. It really is. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. It's pet peeves, let's call it. Peeves. Um, it's not a pet peeve that people want to hug you when you don't want to be hugged. I think that's absolutely rude. It is also rude. To just rush into an elevator. Like, you're the only person who fucking exists. I think that's rude. What about escalators? Escalators? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Now that you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going up an escalator, yes, I will walk up. I don't just usually stand there. But I don't go with the vigor of, like, rushing up the elevator. I'll just walk up the stairs in the time that it, however long it lets me do it until we get to the top. I just normally walk. You can feel when someone who's bellying up and trying to get up that fucking escalator faster than you is on the stair right behind you. True. And you hear a lot of this, uh, uh, because you're not like rushing up. They can't go around you. I mean, if it's a big one, I suppose they could. Same for going down. I don't generally walk down the escalator. I'm like, well, we're all going down. <laughs> Isn't like, the idea that you like just stand there and it takes you up, though? Isn't that why? I mean, that... it speeds you up, I think, is the idea. Right. So I get it when people don't want to move. I don't care. I'm not in that big a hurry. But yeah, there's it kind of goes along with the, the other thing. Good, there you good go. Good point. Good point. Listeners, I got a bonus <laughs> tip from you. All right. So acecully.com is our website. After the show is our podcast. You can catch it on anchor.fm slash after the show. You can also catch it on Spotify, iTunes, all the usual places. You can catch us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Email feedback to me, acecully at acecully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want none of your stuff. Mm, not necessarily, but... And I'm going to say... Oh, I'm going to say it first. Stay classy, <laughs> Mr. Michael Myers. You're such a classy guy. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves or someone will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs>